And welcome to episode 371 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... Thor Odin's son, you have betrayed the express command of your king. Through your arrogance and stupidity, you've opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horrors and desolation of war. You are unworthy of these realms. You're unworthy of your title. You're unworthy of the loved ones you have betrayed. Now, I will take your power in the name of my father and his father before. I, Odin Allfather, cast you out. Nice. Yes. I just watched that. <laughs> I was I was just watching it before we came on. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good scene. That is a good scene. The they're going at each other, and he's like, you know, you're just an old fool. You know. Yeah, I know. It's good. O- Odin's That's like, like some of the best acting in Thor movies that was made. Yeah. Is that scene alone? Yeah. I think. I'll, I'll agree with you. Like, I mean, that that I mean. It's a powerful scene. Yeah. And I mean, and and like, you know, Odin's like, okay, fuck off. I'm an old fool. You're right. I'm an yeah. old fool because I thought you could lead. Odin had the wild eye. Yeah. <laughs> he did. I mean, like, he was fucking, he wasn't playing around. It's one of those odd things that, like, I mean, that was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the guy who, like, does, like, Shakespeare movies and shit. And, like, somehow Marvel convinced him to do this. And he was like, if you, you know, after reading these comic books and stuff, this is very Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, I get your point, you know. Yeah. But still, it was like, it was like, like of all the directors they've chosen to do stuff, and they've chosen some odd directors that have, like, really pulled through, like, the Russo brothers, because, I mean, they were, like, doing fucking community and shit. You know, but like Kenneth Branagh was like this big name, but like somebody like so far out in left field. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that you're like, wow, okay. And I mean, he pulled off. I, that, that's that's my favorite Thor movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's you a know. good one. It is. It's a it's a good origin story, and yeah, you know, I'll take as much Cat Denning as I can get too. <laughs> Meow. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely my favorite out of the three. Yeah. There's a little bit more acting involved with this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean you know, you know, you, you get the introduction of Loki too, and you know, what an interesting character that is. Yeah. You know, on top of everything else, I mean, and you know. It's 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 I I think it's a well done movie. I think it's an underrated Marvel movie. Oh, for sure. You know, I the Thor movies get shit on, and, and you know, some of it rightfully so. But like, I think Thor, the original Thor, the first Thor movie, is much better than people give it credit for. Uh, the second one's trash, and like people like the third one because it's like it's so goofy. And, like I hate it because of that. Like it has yeah. no like the the first time I watched, it, I thought well that was entertaining, and then like upon repeat viewings, like. Ragnarok just does not hold up at all, right? To me, yeah. But people fawn over it. Yeah, I think the first one's better. Yeah, I liked. Uh, and that's really like when you get to see Hemsworth, and it's like, all right, this guy's playing Thor. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. sort of like, all right, yeah, I get it. You know, 
and then like he goes for the hammer. Oh Dude, yeah, it's fucking ripped. <laughs> yeah. like, I know people get into their parts and shit, and get into shape, and you know everybody had to get into shape, but man, <laughs> yeah, he fit the bill, man. I mean, he, he played Thor perfectly, at, yeah. at least in the first movie. Well, I, I think he plays I Thor he perfectly well no matter what. Through, I just I felt that I felt that it kind of went over cheese at certain points. Yeah, with him, and, you know what I mean. Similar to how he was in Ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean, but he like, was good I, at Ghostbusters. Don't get me wrong, but that's the part, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I like his portrayal of Thor. Like, I, you know, you look at it in the Avengers movies as well, what he brings to the table. Yeah. And I, I thought he's he's brought, you know, he, he plays the character well. The char- Like, people, like, I don't know why, like, he's, like, the least favorite until you get to Ragnarok. But, like, I've always liked like the way he's portrayed in the first Avengers movie and even in the second one, you know, like those, those two movies, I liked how Helmsworth played Thor. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you get to, um, infinity war and, and Endgame, I mean, clearly, you know, he's playing it a, differently. The, the character has grown and, yeah. and whatnot, but you know, and, and experienced some horrific tragedy, <laughs> but, um, I, I, I still think he's done it well. Yeah. You know, like I, I had no problem with the way he, you know, and, I mean, and Fat Thor was amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I, I you know, I have no problem with the way Helmsworth played the character. I, I just think, like, Ragnarok, for whatever reason, it, it just, it, it, it plays for the laughs far too much, and it hurts that movie in the end more than it should. Yeah. Sorry. That's it, man. I had a dog visit. Ah, good old rogue. When I see she's she's what, ten now? Rogue? Yeah. Or was it five? I can't remember. She's was it? five. Five. She's okay. Five. Okay, that was it. She hears your voice as so she's laying down. Yeah. Where's my friend? I miss my friend. And she doesn't understand why you're not here. Yeah. I hear him, but I can't see him. Right. I can't. I can't smell him. Right. Anyway. So yeah. Yeah, but I, I really liked I, I liked to miss the war. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Anyway, yeah. Um, so what have you been up to? Yeah, not much. Just sort of watched the Eurovision thing with Will Ferrell. Okay. It's funny. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it's okay. You know, it's not great, but I mean. Yeah. He pulls it off. Icelandic accent it, and all. <laughs> it looked it looked to me like it was gonna like I, like from a from a ha ha standpoint like in the same vein as like the ice skating one he did. Yeah, similar. I think. Like I mean, better. yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's clearly different, but like <laughs> like it just it seemed like it was like that type of comedy. Yeah, I I, I hated that movie. Did you? Yeah, oh, I, I love that movie. Like I didn't like it. I don't like, know. I, I, I'm not a fan of John Hader. Uh-huh. You know, at, at all. I guess. But, like, I could deal with him in that movie. Because uh-huh. I think I think Farrell is hysterical. And, I mean, you got Will Arnett. And, um, I mean, there's, there's so many other characters that, like, work in that film that, like, I can get past Hader being in it. Yeah. But I still think it's a funny movie. 
I I don't know. I just got tired yeah. of it. Yeah, I get that I, too. Not, I think I got tired of Will Ferrell after a while. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Right. Oh, I get that. But then, like, it, I'm starting to get back into him again. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't rank up there with Ricky Bobby <laughs> or, or Anchorman or, you know, or shit like that. But, like, it's still a funny movie to me. Yeah. And so I, I don't got, think and, anything will live up to Anchorman. No. I think that was his finest role. I mean, Ricky Bobby was good. Yeah. But Anchorman was really good. Yeah, I mean, that that's a classic. It is. That it's is a like fucking... Instant. I mean, that ranks... Like, Anchorman, I, I put that in that pantheon as, like, with the same, like, pantheon as, like, Caddyshack, Animal House, you know, the, the classics. The cl- Airplane. You know, the cla- Airplane. Like, those classic comedies that I can watch over and over again. And Anchorman sits right there with those. Like, the, yeah. the you know... Those are classic movies that I can I can watch anytime. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, that's it. I didn't do much. Went shopping today. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically what I did today. I was supposed to mow the lawn and I was like I woke up and I'm looking outside like, hey, it looks like rain. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this off. Because like it, it looked like like it looked like the skies were gonna open up at any second. And they never did. They ended up coming down on the ground, what, 3.30? Yeah. And just yeah. exploded. Yeah. But, like, it, it, like, at 10 o'clock, I'm, like, thinking to myself, do I want to go out there and try to mow the lawn? You know, with fear of getting caught. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, I don't, I don't want to be in the middle of this, and all of a sudden it starts, you know, pouring on me, and I got to stop. Yeah, right. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just put it off. So hopefully it dries up enough I can do it tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. You know, yeah. stocking up because the world's going to hell again. Yeah, I know. I figured I'd get it done now. We were running low. Yeah. On our stockpile. So, we just went out and chopped a little. And... Got the stores filled up again. <laughs> Yeah, I had to make my, my Red Bull Gatorade run. <laughs> it's like, there you go. It's like, I think I buy like 10 Red Bulls. Um, 10 Gatorades. Uh-huh. And then two gallons of milk. Yeah. And that lasts me a week. No, it doesn't? Yeah. You're in two gallons a week still? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, that's that's a good. I mean, it used to be. You know, it was like two gallons every three days. Yeah. You know, I've got it down to two gallons. Last me seven. You know. Nice. But I mean, like, I'll, I'll have like a with a sixteen ounce glass of milk for dinner, uh-huh. and then like you know at night I'll have a snack with a with a glass of milk. Yeah. You know. The rest of the day, I'm, you know, I'll start my day off with a Red Bull, and then, um, the rest of the day I drink Gatorade. Yeah. Oh man. So what else is going on? What's going on with you? Uh, I, I watched a couple of movies that I have that I've never seen before. Um, okay. I watched uh, Ford versus Ferrari. All right. Yeah. This How is on HBO. That? It's really good. 
Real? Yeah, like I, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm I'm an expert or anything on like like the 24 hour of Le Mans or that type yeah. of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I knew a little bit about it. Like I knew Carol Shelby was the first American to ever win the 24 hour at Le Mans. Yeah, and I and I knew you know Ford went out and you know I knew um. Like I knew a little bit of the story about like you know Ford going out and taking on Ferrari and you know winning it four straight years shit like that I knew that had happened. Yeah. But other than that, like I you know I wasn't like overly familiar with the story of of what propelled all that. Yeah. And um. Like I, it's a movie where like it is a non-racing fan. I could appreciate it because it told a very compelling story. Yeah. You know, how, how much of it's true or not, I don't know. I mean, I, I know the generalities of, of, of what happened, but the intimate details that they're kind of going into, I, I have no idea on. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, like, like uh, you know, Matty Damon, good, good friend of the show, Matty Damon, killer performance, Christian Bale, you know, no, the dude's money. Every time he he, he he steps on the soundstage. Yeah. You know, um, John Barenthal is Lee Iacocca. He's very good. And I, I think to myself, like, Lee Iacocca never looked that fucking good. <laughs> I've seen Lee Iacocca. He, he's, he's never looked like John Barenthal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there are some other very good performances in the movie. But, I mean, it's it's really well done. And the, um, the race scenes at Le Mans <laughs> are, look tremendous you know yeah. i mean they're, they're mostly digital uh-huh. um because you're not going to be able to get cars like that anymore and yeah you know race them at 200 miles an hour to film them um <laughs> you know now i'm sure Le Mans wasn't exactly open to like oh yeah sure just go ahead and film on our tracks so i'm sure a lot of that was created digitally as well um but it you know it, it looked good and it, it told a very compelling story that i was very intrigued by yeah yeah I highly, I highly recommend it because like I'm not a race fan and it it like I wanted to see it because it looked good, you know what I mean? Like I, I remember seeing the trailers for that and thinking to myself, you know, wow, I would, I'd really like to see this movie, yeah. and you know, and then it you know it got the Oscar considerations and stuff like that, and I was like, oh okay, wow. But um, after watching it as an as a non-race fan, I thought it told a very compelling story that that grips you from beginning to end, and uh. It does a good enough job of filling you in. Like one of my complaints about biographies is always kind of like, or, or biopics is that they, they kind of assume you know what you're you're seeing. Yeah. Like you know the subject matter, <laughs> and they kind of throw you into it sometimes. This doesn't. It, it does a good job of explaining what's going on. It starts from the beginning. It explains who these people are, yeah. and um, I like that a lot. I think that's part of what I liked about the movie was it. it, it it treated me as as if I didn't know the subject matter. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched that, and uh, I watched today uh, Birds of Prey and the the fabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. Okay. That was an enjoyable film. That was the first time you saw it? Yeah. Okay. You liked it? I did, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it wasn't a great movie. Don't get don't get me wrong, but I mean, I like I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, I think Margot Ro- I, I, I mean, I, I have my problems with, I, I, you know, clearly Harley Quinn's the main character. Yeah. So the major focus is on her. But um, I do wish they had done a better job with the with the uh, with the birds with the birds of prey yeah giving them more of a spotlight yeah they didn't get anything really very well i i, I thought very little the thing that i thought they did did well was i thought they did a very good job of establishing like renee montoya and the black canary character yeah the the character that i like out of those that group that I really really love is Huntress, and she's the one who I thought got the the short shrift. Okay. Yeah, you know, and I, I like that character in the comic books. Uh, you know, she's she's one of my favorites from like the the quote unquote Bat family, so to speak. Uh-huh. And um, like I and I, I really like the actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead that was playing Huntress. Uh-huh. So I thought, wow, this is a perfect combination. And they didn't give like to me like they they just didn't give her enough to do that kind of bummed me out. Yeah. But overall, like you know, and I get like it was you know it was produced by Margot Robbie. This is her project. You know, Harley Quinn's the the big character. You know, so like I understood that you know why the story was the way that it was, and it didn't bother me. But like I I do wish. Those characters have gotten more to do, and more importantly, like you know, we're hopefully they're set up to do their own movie now. Yeah. Because I again, I I like those characters a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like Birds of Prey is one of those 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 books that like again, I'm not gonna profess to be an expert, but I always try to keep tr- keeping track of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was like again, like th- those those are just interesting characters, and like the the whole team dynamic and they were always kind of like on the edge you know what i mean like it, it wasn't yeah. like it, it was almost like 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 a a wetsuit type of situation like you know like eh, shit's gonna get sticky and uh we'll let the birds of prey handle it <laughs> you know yeah, yeah but i also liked and I, I think it goes without saying you know you and mcgregor just chewing scenery having fun <laughs> i know he was good he was. I expect nothing less from the great Ewan McGregor, you know. But um, right. I was spoiler alert. I was kind of bummed out that he uh, met his demise. Right, right, right. Because you you always want to see. I, I thought his portrayal of Black Black Mask was great, and it was fun, and I enjoyed the character, and I wanted to see more of him as a villain. And we're not gonna get that, <laughs> you know. Right. But at the same time, like, I, I, I got why they had to do what they had to do. But still, man, Hugh McGregor's good. <laughs> he was. Yeah, I liked the film. I, I felt that, like, the sub-characters were underutilized. I kind of wanted to see more of them because I already know her. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I was kind of disappointed in that fact. I mean, I know her character. Uh, everything yeah. that came out of her character, I expected or I have seen. Right. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I haven't seen the the, the others. I, I don't know what they're about. Right. Because I never read anything on them. 
You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> so, yeah. So I was kind of I'm bummed that they didn't have bigger roles to play. But, I mean, that's just the way it is. I yeah, thought, yeah. wasn't Batgirl part of the original Birds of Prey? Yes. Okay. And, and, and I mean, in two different forms. Like the, the, the Barbara Gordon was a part of the Birds of Prey as Batgirl. But she was also a part of Birds of Prey, you know, post paralyzation as the Oracle. Okay. So like she would send the birds out into the field, and she would be the one, you know, at the computer giving them directions. I see. Which is always interesting, and but at the same time, it is, I don't think, like, I'm, I'm sure at some point. In, the, in this whole thing, they, they tried to get Barbara Gordon for this. And I'm sure DC and Warner Brothers are like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> We've really? got other plans. Well, I think at the time, well, don't forget, like at the time, this when that when this was first announced, this project, this is when the air the point where Warner Brothers was just throwing shit at the wall of seeing what'll stick. And they had announced that they were going to do that, that Batgirl movie with Joss Whedon. Okay. And that got shit canned. Yeah. So I'm sure at the time when this got announced and, you know, they were talking about doing the Batgirl movie with Joss Whedon, you know, it was like, no, nah, we, we can't have Barbara Gordon in both movies. So, you know, whereas, you know, if they, if they had known they, were going to, they weren't going to do the Joss Whedon movie, they might have given them Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just curious. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's on the docket? Uh, let's see here. What what do we got going on today? Well, well, why did I do that? I'm a dumbass. Um, but let, let's start with with. The upsetting news first, and then we'll get to the fun news. So, um, you know, Christopher Nolan's Tenet was scheduled for a mid-July release. Uh-huh. That got pushed back to end of July, and Warner Brothers has pushed it back again another two weeks to August the 12th. <laughs> uh, this on the heels of also Marvel had... Their Mulan movie, which was scheduled for a mid-July release, pushed back to mid-August as well. Yeah. This in the face of many states seeing spikes in uh, COVID-19 cases. Right. Um, what I've read is Warner Brothers is begging Nolan to postpone this till next year. Oh, really? And Right. And Nolan is saying no because he wants to be the guy that saves the cinema. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And he has a point because, like, this is the movie that, like, in all honesty, like, I'm willing to wear a mask in a the theater to watch. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, this movie looks so good to me. Like, I get Nolan's point of, like, it's going to draw 
because it looks interesting and I there are people who will come and see it. Right. You know, and we can save the cinema because of my movie. Because <laughs> no one firmly believes in the in the cinematic experience. Yeah. You know, he he's not a guy who's like, yeah, let's, let's maybe we should release it just digitally and put it out there and you know, and let people watch it on their their TVs at home. No, he's like, no, this has to be seen on a big screen. You, my movies are meant for the big screen, not for your fucking TV, no matter how fucking big it is. Right. You know, and I can appreciate that. Um. But I I I, I it's like one of those weird things of like. You know, Nolan has a desire to be the first one out, to be the one that, that's the reason you go back to the movies. And Warner Brothers is kind of in a position of like, fuck, what do we do? Right. You know, if we release this at the end of July with the way things are going, nobody's coming to see it anyway. Yeah. You know. And you, you have to know Nolan knows that. I'm sure he does, but he's still fighting to like, because like everybody, like any anything else like this would be pushed back months. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it wouldn't, like they stood firm on their their July 17th date, right? For a very long time, like when other movies were like evacuating and you know like we're gonna push our movie like like. Like they're like like movies for June and July, back in in March and April, mo- like the studios were like saying, "Fuck it, we're just going to push this back to like December or or March of 2021." Like we're pushing shit way way back, and right. and this movie was the one that this and, and Mulan were the two movies that was like, "We're going to hold fast on these release dates in mid July because we think you're going to be able to come back to the theaters at that point." Right, and these are the two movies that could be your biggest draws. Yeah, and they've so they've held so they've held fast on this. In Warner Brothers' case, much to their chagrin. Right. You know, because I'm I'm sure this is a movie that you know they they see as a major blockbuster. It's going to make millions of dollars for them, but yet Nolan's like, no, 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 no. We have to be there when movie theaters open. Yeah. You know, and um. I, I I get Nolan's point, but I also like I get Warner Brothers' point of like they're just trying to maximize their profits. Yeah. You know, and putting this movie off till March would make the most sense for them. Right. I know. Yeah. But who's to say movie theaters are even gonna be open? Well that's the thing, like they, yeah, that's what they've been life. saying, is it has to be in order for this to make money, it would have to be 80% of movie theaters worldwide would have to be open. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you've got... Ain't gonna Flor- happen. Florida, Texas, and Arizona, I don't think are going to have their movie theaters open anytime soon. No. And, well, <laughs> you know? well, and New York. Good. New York as well is still like, you know... They're not great. You know, they're not, I mean, they're getting, New York, New York's been getting better because it's a, like, but, like. I, I think what nobody really realizes, and we won't go on and on about it, but we, we've never really flattened the curve. No. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, we've never flattened it. It's always, it's come down. Right. And it stopped right in the middle. It's yeah. never come down to low levels. Right. And a consistent low level line. Right. It's, we've just kind of hit the middle and stayed there for a while. And now we're going, now everyone's going back up again. Right. <laughs> so I just don't see theaters opening up for a while. Right. It's, I don't see it. I might be wrong, but well, I mean, right now that you know, I I know what Cinemark and I think AMC, like the Cinemark in Monroeville and the AMC down at the waterfront. Yeah, they're both aiming for July 10th openings. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's like it's like this weird situation where, like, you're like we're mm. two weeks away from that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, or two, yeah, two weeks. But I mean, and like the funny thing is, is like, so the, in the movie they're opening up with, they're like, you know, hey, come see Raiders of the Lost Ark again. <laughs> you know, that's like the shit they're showing. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, come see your classics on the big screen again because we've got nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are they charging think, full price for that? No, no. I I, I think it's like five dollars for an adult. I think kids are free or something. I don't know. I I, I didn't because like the the thing is is like for that I don't I I don't I don't see where I would like say hey let me go back to the movie theater to go see the Goonies. Right. You know like that that's not enticing me to like get out there and, and, and support my local life. theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to sit in, in, in a movie theater wearing a mask, you know, to the, to see, you know, gremlins, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I could do that at home without the mask. Right. You know, so it, it, it's a, it's an odd spot that they're kind of in. That they like, you know, that's what they're kind of like trying to like lure you in with is like, you know, come see your favorites in the big screen again. I know. I, Enjoy I the wonder imagine. of Back to the Future on the big screen. <sighs> I can't imagine just sitting down and then like someone sitting down close to me. Yeah. You know, and you're like, yeah. And then they pull the mask down and fix their mask and touch their yeah. armchair and. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I, yeah, no, exactly. I get, I get where you're coming from, and it's like, like for like, the Goonies or Back to the Future or shit like that. No, I'm not willing to do that. But Tenant, I uh, might be. <laughs> you know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not I, willing. No, to do that. I get that. No, I, I absolutely get that. Like, I mean, it's. I'm probably not either. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking big game, you know. But like, it's like, but it's like, I want to support that movie, but at the same time, you know, hmm, is it, is it, is it worth it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's, a, it's a, it's a very strange. In two weeks, because we don't know what's going to happen in two weeks. Well, I mean, it's not even two. Like for Tenant, you're talking about August twelfth. Yeah. Okay. Like in two weeks, movie theaters are opening up and they're they're showing classic movies because there's nothing yeah. else for them to show. Yeah. 
that's the problem that they're running into. So no, in two weeks I'm not willing to go to, go to the movies and go see, you know, Blade Runner again. Right. You know, but at the same time, August 12th I'm willing to assess the situation and make a determination if I want to go see Tenant or not. Right. Right. You know, with the understanding that like I'm going to be wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. So yeah, it's it's a. It's a it's a situation you're gonna. Have, I'm gonna have to weigh at that time when that movie comes out. Right. You know. So, but at the same time, will it come out at that point? Like, will 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 Warner Brothers push it back again? I don't know. Yeah. And like maybe. When, right. And like, when do they reach a point where it's like we we can't keep, we can't keep pushing it back every two weeks? We have to make a decision. Like, let's just push this back to March. Right. You know what I mean? Let's push it back to February. You know that, that that's. Because that's what everybody else has done. And, like, now, you know, you're getting into the, that area of, like, you know, September and October. There were movies that got pushed from, like, April and May to that. I mean, it's a very it's a very weird time as a movie fan. Yeah. For movies that you've been waiting for. And watching them get pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And you wonder what's going to happen with them. Yeah, where yeah. do we go? Yeah. Like, where do we go from here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a, but it's a weird thing. Yeah. I don't and, know. But, but like, Tenet's like the prime example of, like, it's this is the second time it's been pushed because of, you know, but it's only being pushed two weeks because of Nolan's determination to be there when movie theaters open. Yeah. Which is admirable, but at the same time, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. So. All right. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the sad news. But the fun news. Earlier this week, rumor came down that Michael Keaton will be being Batman again. Yeah. In the in the the Flash movie. Now that, let me give you you're, you're like <laughs> you're shaking your head and rolling your eyes like why would they do this? And let me explain why. All right, I, I want to know why. Okay. The major rumor about this Flash movie is <laughs> that they're, they're going to do a story their story is going to be based upon a storyline called Flashpoint. Mm. Okay. Now, in Flashpoint, one the the major happening that, that, that what causes all this is Barry Allen goes back in time and saves his mother. Okay. Because his mother was killed by the Reverse Flash. Okay. okay. The Reverse Flash is Eobard Thawne. He's from the future. But he hates Barry Allen. He goes back in time and he kills Barry Allen's mother, which sets the Barry Allen's life in motion to become the Flash. So you got all of this going on, and he resets the timeline to the, what's called the Flashpoint timeline. And in that timeline, he doesn't become the Flash because he didn't pursue a life of of police work. Right. So he's so all these steps that were taken for him to become the Flash don't happen. And then on top of that, other po- parts of 
the DC universe have changed as well. Um, Atlantis, Atlantis is warring with the Amazons, and Bruce Wayne doesn't become Batman. Thomas Wayne does. Uh-huh. Because in the alleyway, Thomas Wayne doesn't get shot. Bruce does. Okay. Also, Martha becomes the Joker. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's like from a storyline, like from for, as a story and like a completely changing of the of the universe. And like you know, Thomas Wayne is a drunk. He carries a gun. Like, he is nothing like Batman, you know. But he's Batman because yeah. they were coming out of Zorro, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so like this is the where the whole thing comes from. That's why he he's the Batman, but like he's a completely different version of Batman than than the Bruce Wayne Batman we know. And so that's the whole gist of it. And the rumors always been that they were talking to Jeffrey Dean Morgan to play the the Flashpoint Batman. Okay. Because Jeffrey Dean Morgan appeared in Batman v Superman as Thomas Wayne. Okay. And uh, he was apparently very open to this. So this yeah. is where all so this is the genesis of everything we're talking about here. Now apparently for whatever reason either talks broke down with Jeffrey Dean Morgan or somebody had another idea and they're using Keaton as that that older different version of Batman. Okay. I don't know why and I don't know how like I don't know how you make that fit, right? But I it doesn't like I mean you're rolling like I said you like you're rolling your eyes about it, but it doesn't bother me as much because I at least know like from the source point standpoint of what the story's supposed to be, I can see where they're coming from. I just don't know if I like it as much as if they would have done the original storyline with the Jeffrey Dean Morgan version. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> nah, like what, I don't. what don't you like about the idea of? I don't of know Keaton if playing? I like the fact that he's coming back as Batman. Okay, what? Why? As uh, as Bruce's father, and not well, Bruce. I, I don't know if he's coming back. The thing is, we don't. We, the assumption is he's coming back as Bruce Wayne. This isn't okay. going to be Bruce's father. He's going to be playing. Like the rumor is, he's playing the 1989 version of Batman. So they're changing the Flashpoint. Right, that that's so my point. Is the storyline of the whole thing that you like. Right, that that's my point. That, is that they're changing this thing that I like the the Flashpoint storyline, and they're using the Keaton version of Batman instead of the Thomas Wayne version of Batman from the the original story. Yeah, that's that's the rumor. Now whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that would make the most sense. Is if you're going to bring Keaton back, you're going to have him play his version of Batman. Okay. I mean, I like Keaton as Batman, but not like, you know, he's he's four eleven. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Do you okay. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I liked his version of Batman. Was Keaton great as a Batman? Yes, he was. And second one, I mean, I still liked him as Batman, but it just wasn't good a movie. Right. But um, I don't know. And he's awful old. Are we going with well, old bats here? 
Well, there's it, another. 1989. You know what I mean. Yeah. But, well, there's another theory out there that he's going to play Bruce Wayne. He's going to be the 89 version of like that character, but he's old man Bruce Wayne, and he's passed down the mantle of Batman, and it's going to be bat like the there was a cartoon called Batman Beyond. Uh-huh. Where, where Bruce Wayne mentored a young man who who took on the mantle of the bat. Okay. Okay. And like so, like he was like the old man in the cave, you know, while this kid went out there and like he had all sorts of gadgets and 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 stuff, and he could fly. And it, it, it was a different. It's actually a really really good cartoon. I would highly recommend it if you've never watched it. Um. But it's. You know the, the the character who took o, who became Batman is uh, his name was the character's name was Terry McGillis, I believe, um, and he kind of stumbles upon all of this and you know Bruce tells him you know, you know I could I could train you and all this all this jazz but I mean like Bruce Wayne's like this disgruntled old man he's broken so Bruce you know, is back yeah. Bag and a shotgun at this point. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's got, you know, he's got, a, he's got a dog and a shotgun basically. <laughs> you yeah, know? but um, but it's still, it's like it, it was a really, really good cartoon, um, and like that, that aspect of it would be much more interesting to me than is like, you know, that that's what Bruce Wayne became, and now we have the Batman Beyond character as well that we get to see I think in, in live action at this point. I think with this Flash movie, they are. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Is like, like I, I, I'm excited. Flash. Hmm? Who's playing the Flash? Last I heard, it's still Ezra Miller. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> well, at least they kept that consistent. Yeah. I mean, somewhat. I don't know how, depending on how you look at it. I think he's but a that, good Flash. So do I. Like, I, I, I have no qualms with him. But I mean, that's like the weird thing is like. Like what are they doing? Like you have at some point you have to explain some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at some point, like you have to kind of acknowledge there was a Justice League movie. You have to acknowledge what happened to Batfleck. You know, yeah. like there was an interconnectivity to these, these universe, this universe that you're 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 trying to sever in a way, but like what everybody always says is, well, they can use Flashpoint to reboot it, but reboot to what? What's strange is, you know, in the in these movies that they've made, we love the characters. It's the yeah. movies and the and the scripts that were bad. The story, I mean, some, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it wasn't the actors. We, I, we, we both feel that the actors fit the role perfectly, and they've proven it in their solo films. I mean, if you look at like, I mean, you know, Momoa really got like, he got a chance to expand that character of Aquaman in his in the Aquaman movie and make it much, much more than just a yeah, yeah, my yeah. Man character that we were like, you know, what the fuck, yeah, you know? yeah. What you know? So he he did have an and he did. He I mean he was phenomenal. That that, that movie's very very good. Yeah. You know and um. 
Wonder Woman was very, Wonder, very, very. Yeah, Wonder Woman was very good, and, and the Wonder Woman 1984 looks very, very good. Mm. You know, so I mean, like you have your hopes up, but like at the same time, it's like, <sighs> what are we, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, and that's what's frustrating. Right. You know. No, oh, I know. Because you, because you took, I mean, you look at that Affleck is Batman, and, and I mean, we didn't discuss it, but like you know. Apparently, there have been talks with Henry Cavill to come back and do Superman. He's not going to be in a Superman movie, but he's going to be like Tony Stark showing up in other people's movies. Yeah. You know. And, like, you look at some of what they've done, it still has an interconnectivity. Like, you look at the Shazam movie, it, it it's clearly taking place in the same universe as Justice League and Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. You know, they outright, you know, have that Superman show up at the end. Even though, even though you don't see Cavill's head, I mean, it's okay. it's clearly that Superman. That's a you great know. moment. Movie. It, it is a great moment. That's but a like, great it, it's, a, it, it's a very, very good superhero movie. Like, Shazam, is. Shazam is, again, like, I, 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 I got passed over because people were like, fuck DC. But it's a really good movie. I <laughs> know. Like, even if you knew nothing about Shazam, which you didn't. Like, you were like, Shazam, what the fuck? Just a fucking show from the 70s. Yeah. And you you thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what I mean, like, it, it, was, it was It was big-esque, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but look who played it, you know. Look who played him. I mean, yeah. he's fantastic, period. So, I mean, yeah. it was a great film. Yeah, so I, I mean, want like more from that. That was that was better than a lot of the shit that's been on the TV. Yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. it was well done. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and we're gonna find that out, like you know, when DC fandom, hello Ahsoka, when DC fandom comes out in, a, in I guess mid August. Yeah. They're they're gonna you know we're gonna hear all about what their plans are and. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I, uh, I mean, apparently, you know, we're finally going to get some information about Black Adam finally being made. Huh? Apparently, The Rock says we're finally going to get some information about Black Adam. Yeah. I mean, that's only been sitting in development hell for, for five years. Right. Yeah. Do you think... Um, no, I mean, from a DC guy, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you've answered this for me before. I don't remember. But who is stronger? Shazam? Or soups. Technically, soups is, but Shazam can give him a fight because Superman has, like, one of his weaknesses is magic. Ah, uh, you told me this before. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. And Shazam's for the audience. Yeah, and Shazam's power are derived from magic. Okay. So, so like Black Adam and and um. And Shazam can give him a fight because of that. Okay. Yeah, like they're, they're still stronger. Yeah, but like, 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 like their punches hurt. Like, unlike other people, like when he gets punched by one of those guys, like he like feels it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Why? Because of the magic aspect. Yeah. Exactly. Really. Yeah. So the gods can hurt Superman. 
Only if their power is like derived from magic. Yeah, yeah. Like if if that was something that they incorporated in the DC universe, then yes. You know, if your power is derived from magic, then you could hurt Superman. Okay. Like, um, I mean, it's a bad example, but Constantine could give Superman a fight if he wanted to. Yeah. He would still lose. But but because Constantine is a wizard, he's a warlock. Yeah. You know, he could technically cast spells that would hurt Superman. Interesting. Yeah. Why is he weak? Why is that his weakness? I have no... It's like one of those things that they just wrote into the character years ago. Like, I, I don't know why. Like, yeah, it's, it's like they had to, like, you know... Well, it's probably like a... Not, it's probably like a Superman Merlin episode. Yeah. It, it, it had to have been something like that. Like, I don't know why that is, but it's like one of those weird things that it's like... He's impervious to everything except for kryptonite and magic. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, it's like like back in the day too. Like it used to be like the Green Lantern. Like everybody, like the the weakness of the of the the power ring was um, he, he if if it was something that was yellow, it had no effect on it. Yeah. But then there was also like a time where like if it was something made of wood. The power yeah, ring could affected it. So like the the like Green Lantern's biggest like threat was like a number two pencil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you threw a number two pencil at Hal Jordan, he could not stop it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. It was the crazy? deadliest weapon. <laughs> so like there's always like like they always had like these weird like especially for like like the super like powerful characters. There's always like these oddball like weaknesses because like in the fifties, that's just kind of kind of how they had to write it. Yeah. So I'm sure at some point, like in the fifties, they probably had like a crossover with Superman and, and Shazam. And it's like, well, how do we make this a fight? And like, Oh, well he's, he's a, Superman has a problem with magic. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's kind of carried over ever since. What's Aquaman's uh, weakness. Um, I, I think his big biggest weakness would be like like Arizona. <laughs> deadliest catch. Yeah, <laughs> deadliest catch. <laughs> <laughs> Pop can rings. Yeah. Six six pack holders. <laughs> Republicans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. The problem with Aquaman was always like, I mean, and, you know, and rightfully so was like for years upon years, upon years like the character was written in a way that like, unless he was near a body of water, he was fucking useless. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. even then he had to be in the body of water, and so did you. Like, you know, you yeah, know, how can Aquaman like help? Why well, I, I could let me call a school of piranha. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was like the shit he could do. You know, they, they clearly for like the for the movies they had to like you know pump him up a great deal. He was like the fish in Eminem Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You they know, carrying him around in an aquarium. Yeah. <laughs> Like in the like, remember like in the Super Friends, like he would like show up like Green Lantern would have like him like in like a bubble, 
that they'd like carry him around in and like drop him in some water. You know. <laughs> Every fight had to take place near a lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he he was pretty much, like, a useless character, except for when he was in water. But, you know, they had to change that. And, I mean, and they've, they've changed the character over the years um, to change that perception. Like, Jeff Johns did a really good job of that. But it's still at the same time, it was like, it was just a perception of him, you know, because for years, that's what he was. Right. You know. Just get him near a lake. Yeah. Let him ride the bass in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Legion of Doom are, t- are taking over Las Vegas. Aquaman, we think you should stay here and man the computer. <laughs> you know. Aquaman, stay at the MGM. There's a pool. Yeah. <laughs> There's a koi pond we think you can summon, summon some friends from. <laughs> right. Uh, oh my! <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, uh, so that—that's. I think it's uh, going back to our original point. I, I, <laughs> I think it's interesting that Keaton's coming back. Like I'm, in, I'm intrigued enough to see what they're going to do with him. Like, I don't know if I'm going to see him in a bat suit. I yeah. kind of hope I don't, in a way. Yeah. Like, I'd much rather see him play a broken Bruce Wayne than, like, a, a still active Batman. I would, You know too. what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think that would be more interesting. But, like, I don't... I just don't know what they're going to do with the character. And I, I, I hope it's something good, because... Like I really was psyched for Jeffrey Dean Morgan as a Thomas Wayne Batman. Like I thought yeah. that was gonna be phenomenal. I just I just want him to be the vulture. I don't I don't care about anything else. I just want I the man to still be the vulture. Yeah. I've been waiting for this six movie for a long time. Yeah. And I just want him to remain the vulture for now. Because he's a good vulture. Yeah. And he's op, you know, they've changed the character up from the, you know, from the comics and which they had to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't have the vulture. If they busted that out. Yeah. If yeah. they that out, it should be something in Scooby Doo. You know, you know, what, I mean? you know what though? I there's not a doubt in my mind that Sam Remy would have done that vulture. I'm sure he would have. Like when they when they were gonna do Spider-Man four when that was still a go and they got Ben Kingsley, like they, yeah. they, they, that was going to be, who was going to play the vulture. Like I had, there's not a doubt in my mind. That's the suit and everything that they were going to go with. Yeah. That was going to, that, that the, Sam Remy was going to go with a 1966 version of the vulture. Yeah. I'm sure he would have. But, and it would have been amazing, but yeah. you're right. Like today, like it doesn't I work. I do like this vulture though. Yeah. I mean, I like the concept. It fit in with the timelines, and you know what I mean. Like it made sense. Yeah. The you know alien tech and all this kind of crap, and yeah. Michael Keaton saying "fuck you," to, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And it was cool. I mean, it right. like it made sense. 
blue collar, you know, working man, getting it done, getting fucked, getting back at him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I understand well, it. I mean, yeah, like, what, what makes a great villain? Well, a villain yeah. you can empathize with. Like, you can kind of say in a way, like, man, Keaton's character was right. Oh, I know. You know, like, I, could, I could see that. Like, you know. It was one of the best. It was one of the best Marvel villains that they came out with. Oh, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Uh, wholeheartedly. Ultron's equal to Ultron. Yeah. To me, Ultron yeah. could have been a lot better. They could have made Ultron a beast. But yeah. They didn't. I mean, he was still cold, but he wasn't. You know. I mean, and you had Spader playing him. I mean, you had you had the recipe for pure magic. Yeah. But I mean. Vulture was pretty, I mean, he was pretty good. You love the dude. Yeah. I mean, everybody likes fucking Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, wonder put, how Mar- I wonder how Marvel feels about this. What's that? Him coming to DC to do Batman again. I mean, Keaton's free to do whatever he wants. He's never I'm, signed a contract. I'm sure he, he, he is. I, I, that, that I don't know, though. Like, I, like, I don't know. A lot of times they sign those guys to, like, long-term deals. Like so, I don't know if he had like a one-picture deal with them. Yeah, but I don't know if he Sony. signed a deal saying that he can never do a DC movie. Right, but most of the time they don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't see a lot of guys crossing over from one brand to the other. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I can't think of anybody. Joss Whedon. <laughs> Yeah, he's the only one, and even that got shit canned. Yeah, but you know, so it's like it's like one of those things where like I do wonder how Marvel feels about that. Like I get like like Spider Man's a Sony movie still, and that's why he's appearing in that Morbius movie. Oh, and everything is involved with that. But at the same time, I just I wonder how they're like you know, fucking Keaton's doing what. He's dead to us. I hope not. I hope not, too. I mean, why begrudge a guy for making some money? Yeah, it's almost like I, I kind of, like, I get pissed off at the Spider-Man series because, like, they've introduced... They keep fucking teasing the big one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they've introduced Vulture. They've introduced... Um, Scorpion. They've, you know what I'm saying. They've introduced um, the Tinker. They, they've introduced um, Shocker. Shocker. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they've introduced these characters, and it's like, okay, let's get our Doc Ock and let's ready to go. All you need is Doc Ock. You know that's gonna that's gonna be so hard to do. Ah, they'll figure something out. Somebody will play I, them. Well. They're not gonna I'm, put some Yahoo in Doc Ock's position. I understand that, but I mean, like to me, Spider-Man Two is the one of the best comic book movies that's ever been made. It is a very good Spider-Man movie. I mean, it's a very good comic book movie. I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, I mean, and Alfred Molina just like knocked that shit out of the park. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could say whatever you want to about Sam Raimi and, and like his take on the Spider-Man character because he took it from the Silver Age. That was his take on it. But, man, right. that, that version of Doc Ock was so fucking good. Yeah, it's that, never on. And so, like, I when when I think about, like, somebody else playing that character 
or some other interpretation of that character. It's very hard to like, as much as you don't want to, like, it's still very hard not to com- like say, well, I'm going to have to compare that to Alfred Molina because that's the best version that you could possibly do. Yeah, it's like Kingsley is the vulture, right? I mean, yeah. like, that's who you want. And you know Kingsley would have pulled off the vulture perfectly. Yeah. And we all knew that. He even he looks like the fucking vulture for Christ's yeah. sakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, that was like spot on casting. Yeah. If but that would have been done. Molina was just, he was so good as Auk. I yeah. mean, like, talk about someone that just encaptured the, the character from the comics. Yeah. You know what I mean? And probably a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, not only did he breathe him to life, but then you felt bad for the guy at yeah. some point. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Really good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the best interpretations of... Uh, like, I mean, just flat out, I mean, that's like... It's probably in my top three or four comic book movies. Uh-huh. Like, I mean... Like, to give the sh- like in in no particular order. I mean, you, you're you're probably talking the first Avengers movie, the Dark Knight, Infinity War. Uh, you know, Spider Man Two. Yeah. You know, as far as like just being that fucking good. Uh, it was good. You know. <laughs> yeah, it was real good. I just, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of exciting things on the comic horizon. So, there are. But are they going to get made? You know what I mean? I mean, we're going to get it. We're going to get into some Adam Warlock shit going on. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of exciting things happening. I, I just, I just. You know, after seeing this, out of the new stuff that's come out, you know, uh, you know, Marvel's ending and Spider-Man's kind of creeping along here, but you know, I don't want that kid to go anywhere. I, I I've come no. accustomed to him now, and I and yeah. I like his character. You know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I'm right there with you on that. Do I think his character needs to grow a little? Yeah, he can't be playing the night. You know, you know, the 15 year old kid anymore. Right. I mean. I think time has to time has to catch up here, you know, where yeah. he's 18, 19, 20. Um, I don't want the kid going anywhere because I think he's pulling off Spider-Man great. Yeah. Um, his stunt, like the stunts as well. I mean, he's doing his own stunts. I mean, the kid's got chops. But the thing that pisses me off is we're so interconnected with Marvel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I want to see him. I want to see him in Venom. (laughs) Yeah. But I also want to see these other characters come to come to life. Well, you very well may, though. Like, I mean, like I said, I don't know what like I'm very intrigued to see what Morbius is going to show us as far as like the the crossing of the streams between Sony and Marvel. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's interesting to me is like, so if Morbius is in the same universe as Venom, at some point, are we going to see Venom with the spider logo on him? Right. You know, like, no, at I some, know. you know, at some, 
I mean, like, you know, at some point, do we get a Spider-Man versus Venom movie? And are we going to get Hardy for Venom? Yeah. Because I thought, I thought Tom Hardy was fucking fantastic. I mean, Tom Hardy's Tom Hardy, you know. But I know, but I, I thought yeah. he was good. Yeah. He played Venom, and he played that part well. Yeah. Is yeah, he yeah, bigger I, than Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. I think, but but so, I mean, there's a lot of que- but there's a lot of questions like like what what's that crossover that they're that they're able to do or you know like I'm, I'm just I'm very intrigued to see how this all plays out. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the that's the key. Like it's like how how is this all going to connect or disconnect? You know. <clears throat> so excuse me. Like, do we get Tom Hardy? But do we get him or not Tom Hardy? Um. Tom Holland is, is Spider-Man, but we get a different version of Spider-Man. Like, so there isn't a crossover. Right. You know, but since Sony owns the rights, they can do this. Like, it's, I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah, I, I think Sony, I think it would be suicidal for Sony to really fuck it up. But at the same point, you know. But they were willing to. That was a stalemate. They were they willing to walk money. away, though. Well, they, wanted yeah, they, money. they wanted money, but they, they, they were willing to walk away. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Hey, that's the funny thing. The is, mouth, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, well, Tom Holland made that happen, but I mean, like, yeah, the mouse stepped up. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I realize Tom Holland made it happen, but they still stood up to the mouse. Yeah. And was like, hey, you know. You're going to pay us. Yeah. You're using our character in your fucking movie. You're going to pay us. It's it's the funny thing was like, I think Spider-Man is the only characters out there that they don't own the the rights to. And they'll never get them. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Who owns Blade? Marvel does now. Do that they? was yeah. That was, I mean, that was owned by New Line. New Line gave up those rights a long time ago. Yeah, Hulk was Paramount, right? Yeah, like Paramount. I, I think the Hulk is in the same situation. Like I, I think you're right. Like I, Paramount still technically owns the rights to the Hulk, but they're not planning on doing anything with them, and they're just like leasing them out to Marvel. But like <laughs> you'll never see a what you'll never see a solo Hulk movie. Like Marvel can't do that. But they can right. put him in their other product projects, which is why right. like they had to incorporate Planet Hulk into Thor. Right. Yeah. You know. All right. Ready? Yep. All right. Well, one last uh, one last bit of news. Um, All right. I, I know this hits your household very hard. Um. At the end of his documentary series, The Last Ride. The Undertaker announced yeah. that he is retiring from professional wrestling. Right now. That his match um, at WrestleMania against AJ Styles was his last match. Yeah. How was that taken in your home? Sad. Sadness? Yeah, sadness. <laughs> well, by least, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the girls were sad, too, but, I mean, that character was important for her, so. 30 years that dude's been doing it. 
He's been it's been it's been time. Yeah. That dude's broke. Not broke financially, but yeah, broke. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he, like the great thing about this last match was it was a cinematic match, which is something you yeah. can only get away with in like in this time period. Yeah. Because of the of the no fans in the arenas. And so you know, they were able to do this like cinematically and with cuts and edits and make it look like a great match. Yeah. You know, um, but you're right. Like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, this dude should have, you know, hung this up maybe five, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, he's, you broken. know, yeah. Like, you, the, you know, the undertaker you remember and the undertaker I saw were two very different people, you know? Sure. And, and it's a shit. Like, I mean, here, here's a guy that like, for years, like, you know, was the top, one of the top guys. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, 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 he was right there. Um, always like when he was a full timer, like always part of like the top line storylines and stuff like that. He was always yeah. top of the card or near the top of the card. You know, he, he was never a guy that like went away. You know, he was always there. And like, even going into like, when he became a part-timer and only showed up for WrestleMania season, you know, it, it was still like that match was like the match you wanted to see, like who, who was the undertaker facing and um, you know, the streak and everything else that was involved with it. And it's like one of those things where like, you know, it's, it's, it's rough seeing like seeing what he became because he became an old man, an old broken man because of, you know, how much time he spent on the road, but um, I'm glad he was able to find peace. Yeah, he was almost like, especially in the early days when I watched wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was almost like the Alice Cooper of the W of of wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he brought that element that was just like, I don't know. Like coming out of an era of like the goofy gimmicks. Yeah. Like, like, you know, so many, like, just bad, like, you know, you know, the one guy was a pig farmer and another guy was a, you know, he was the, the trash man and the repo man. And like, all, all like of all, like the bad gimmicks like that, he found a way first off to make it initially work, you know, as the undertaker, but then found ways to make the character evolve. Right. You know, like, I mean, there was at one point, like, it was like, he was like a Satanist, you know, like yeah. with, a, with a, you know, a leader of a cult, you know, <laughs> and, you know, then there was like the American badass version of the Undertaker, you know, like, it was like Which always like, oh, well, in this house. <laughs> oh, I, I love that version of him, though. I know. Lisa did not yeah. like that version. No, I'm sure. But <laughs> like, but like, but he found ways to make the character interesting, though. Right. You know what I mean? Like the character was always evolving and changing and it didn't stay stale. But what was also interesting though is like he never broke character. Right. Like he was the undertaker. You know? I know. And like, which is fascinating. And, and then you, but you get to like this last ride documentary and so many people were upset that he did break character. And he, the documentary is presented as him as Mark Calloway, the person, yeah. not the undertaker, the character. And him reminiscing and talking and, and, you know, looking back on his career. And at the end of it, finally coming saying, I found peace. I, this was my last match. I'm, I'm satisfied with how this has ended. 
you know yeah. and that was like an like to me like i i wish i could watch it i'd like to watch it i just I don't want to give the WWF my ten dollars a month to get the the, the network, you know. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like I'd like to see this documentary because it sound from everything I've heard about, it, it was a very very interesting look, like a peek behind the curtain at who this person is, as right. a person. And I've seen other interviews where he's done this now, like he did an interview with Pat McAfee and he's done it with like ESPN and a few other shows, like as Mark Calloway talking about his career. And he's a fascinating person to listen. You know, because he's been there so long, he's worked with so many people that to hear him talk about it is actually rather fascinating. Sure, it's it's a gather around the learning tree. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I still love his tombstone, though, man. Oh yeah. When he gets someone in that tombstone and he crosses their arms for the pin. Yeah. It's so badass, dude. That was. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's wicked. I mean, that's like, uh, I don't know, that's like stamp-marked Undertaker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like that, that like the folding of the arms for the pin, that was like like one of those trademarks. But the other trademark was always like the sit-up. Yeah. You know, like, you'd think you'd have him down, and, you know, he would just sit straight up like he was sitting up out of a casket. Yeah, like you Dracula. Know? Like Dracula, yeah. And you'd just be like, oh, shit. Like, it was like his version of hulking up. Like Hogan exactly. used to do, but he yeah, exactly. it was like that sit up, and you'd just be like, "Oh shit, it's on," you know. <laughs> I I still can't get that shit from Hogan, the hogging up, oh, out of my head. Oh, it's so that bad. That shit was the worst. <laughs> and people went nuts for it. I know. I know. Like like it, it like shaking and it take the hit and it you know point and you know, like you're just like and it, you know shaking his head. You're just like, what the. F- fuck oh this is bad <laughs> but people ate that shit up for oh, years i know they did i like them better as thunderlips oh well, yeah <laughs> you know how badass was he in that rocky movie i mean come oh, on that's phenomenal i mean i know somebody who actually they went they were down in tampa they went to the uh the hogan you know, Hogan has a store where you can buy Hulk Hogan shit. Yeah, yeah. But he was selling a replica of the Thunderlips belt. No way. Yeah. So, so I know somebody who actually has a replica from of that 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 world title belt from Rocky Three. Oh, uh, really? That's cool. Yeah. Like they didn't want a WWF one. They didn't want anything else. They, you know, they had to have the Thunderlips belt. I'm like, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> he looked good in his Thunderlifts there, man. Oh, yeah. When he came out of Thunderlifts, dude, that was badass. But that was like a, like a, like at the time, like, and this is what people forget. Like, when he was like in, like, his first in the WWF and then in the AWA, he was a bad guy. Yeah. He was a heel, and he came out like with like the, he was already coming out with like the, the the feathered boa and shit like that like he was doing that back in the late late 70s early 80s already yeah you know it wasn't until like you know so like him coming out with like the the feathered robe and everything with thunderlips i was like yeah that's, that's just hogan being hogan you know this isn't that much of a stretch so like with this you know when you see him come back to the wwf and you know the whole you know eye the tiger and coming down and you know with the face the chic and it's just like what the fuck is this 
I don't he remember. Just didn't that. have any like. I mean, Hogan was not like a great wrestler by any means. Oh no. You have to admit that. Yeah. Even right. he admits that. He was all show. Yeah. I mean, he could he could he can get a room. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. He was a personality. But, yeah. Like I hate. Like people talk about like the Hogan Andre match. Like it's like this, this classic. And it's like it, it was awful. It's an awful fucking match. The only thing you remember is the ending where he slams Andre and then and drops Andre, the big. Yeah. Yeah, and Andre helps him with it. Yeah, and then he, he slams Andre and then he drops the big leg and gets the one two three. That's all you remember of that match. The rest of it was just Hogan and a fucking bear hug. <laughs> Like, Andre just had a big old bear hug on Hogan for, like, ten minutes. And you're just like, oh, this is fucking awful. (laughs) Nobody remembers that. They remember the ending and everybody going wild in the Silverdome. And it's like, it's a bad match, my friend. It is. Look at his, what was his special? Leg drop, right? Yeah, the big leg drop. That was it. It was like a body slam. Followed up by the big leg drop. Yeah. And then the one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Like, Hogan admitted. Like, I, I've heard him talk about this. He's like, he freely admits he wasn't that good of a wrestler. He's like, I had three matches. I had match A, match B, or match C in my pocket that we could do. You know, yeah. that's it. You know, Ric Flair, he could go an hour. <laughs> you know, he had a hundred different matches he could try. Yeah. You know, but Hogan was like freely admits, like, I couldn't go an hour. You know, if you got 15 minutes out of me, you were lucky. And I had match A, B, and C in my pocket. That's it. Yeah. You know, and they all ended the same way. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference between like him and Undertaker. Undertaker can go forever. I swear to God, that guy can go forever. You remember, you remember the cage match with, I mean, it wasn't a great match, but uh, fully, fully Undertaker. Oh, the, the, the Hell in the Cell match where <laughs> oh, brutality took place? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, Undertaker had more tricks under up his sleeve than Hogan. I, I just don't think Undertaker was much more the voice that Hogan was. Is well, that true or no? Well, I mean, like, in the locker room he was. Yeah? Like, in, in the locker room, he, you know... He was re- highly respected. I mean, it was just, it's, yeah. Or Hogan. It's just, it's Undertaker. Yeah. I mean, Hogan was always looked at as like, especially when he went to WCW and everything else took place. Yeah, like, it, it, he was out for number one. He was out for him and him alone. You know? Yeah. Whatever it was that could make him money. You know? Okay. Where, um, you know, Taker was, well, like, one of the best things I've ever heard somebody talk about, and this was, a, I, I heard Cody Rhodes talk about this. Mm-hmm. And Cody was talking about, like, you know, it was uh, a Royal Rumble, like 2008. Okay. He's like, he's like, I'm fresh up. Nobody knows who I am yet. And I go out there to the Rumble. And, like, they, they tell you, like, you know, when you go out there, like, you know, you're, you're on camera. They're, they're, you, this is your moment to shine when you first right. get out there. Um, you know, so you have to have something big planned. He's like, I had nothing. Like I went out there, I wrestled with, uh, CM Punk for about 10 seconds, you know, 
And then I had nothing left that the camera still on me. He's like, so I went over and I went, I hit the undertaker in the back. And he's like, I hit him as hard as I fucking could. <laughs> and he's like, and taker turned around and he's like, okay, that's it. I'm a dead man. I'm done. And take, he said, taker grabbed me by the neck. And I thought, well, I'm going for a ride and taker whispered, hit my knee. So he's like, I kicked taker in the knee he goes down and he said, like, do something. So like, like Taker gave him this moment. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, this young guy who like, you know, <laughs> stiffed him, like yeah. gave him a, a stiff shot in the back. Yeah. He's like giving up a moment, like to let him shine for just a second. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's like, I'll never forget that. Like I, I got, I had a moment where I, I got one over on the undertaker and like, he gave that to me and I, I, I can never repay him for that. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that, that's the kind of guy he he was. Like he he was one to do shit like that. Where if that was Hogan, you know, Hogan would have turned around, probably gave you a potato to the head, you know. Yeah. And then tried to throw you out. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, so he was well respected in the locker room. Oh Take yeah. It. Yeah. They loved him. Like he was like the voice of reason in the locker room. Like you know, if shit was getting out of hand, like and Taker said something, you you settled that shit down. Really. Yeah. Like there's there's the rumor and and, and he kind of confirmed it like during the, the Montreal screw job or no 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 not that one it was um it was WrestleMania where Shawn Michaels dropped the belt to Steve Austin right. you know there were rumors that that Michaels wasn't going to drop the belt like he was going he was going to um he was going to shoot and and keep the belt and there were rumors that and Taker kind of confirmed this, that he was hanging out, like, right there at the, uh, what they refer to as the gorilla position, like, right there before the entryway. Yeah. With his with his fists taped up, watching the match. And he was there before Sean went out, so Sean knew, if you come back with that belt, I'm taking it from you. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Wow. So, Yeah. <laughs> Well, the McMahon seemed to like him. Oh, yeah. I mean, they never dicked him. No. No, think. no. Like, I mean, I mean, he he speaks very like he he's like he said he's like I was able to at some point ride a line where I could speak freely with the office but not be looked at as an office lackey by the boys. Right. So the locker room still respected him. Uh, kind of, I mean, I, I guess the, the way I would look at it is like kind of like a a veteran on a, on an NFL team of like, where like you know I could talk to the general manager, I could talk to the coach, and can voice our concerns, but in the locker room I'm I'm not a guy that like people won't talk to around, you know. Right. And I think that's what the Undertaker was. How was um, what was his relationship with Triple H like? Any? I think it was. He he said it was good enough, you know. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't have any heat, like, you know. I, it's it's one of those things where like, like especially with Hunter, like like pe- the thing people confuse is like, like when they had their feuds, like Hunter's didn't have any power. He was just married to the boss's daughter, yeah. or dating the boss's daughter, you know. Like now you look at, at Triple H, he's a guy who's you know he's an executive vice president with the company. 
you know, he runs NXT, you know, he, he, he has these responsibilities now where he's a, he's a, a, a power player in the office, but he's no longer an active wrestler. Right. You know, but people confuse that and think like, well, back in 2001, when he was dating Stephanie McMahon, well, clearly he had all this stroke with the front office and that's why all this shit happened. Like, no, that's not the case at all. No, you know, no. Like maybe they may have been more receptive to some of his ideas because he was dating Stephanie, but like, it wasn't like he was like, he could go out there and say like, you know, yeah, I want to, I want to go over on the taker on, on at WrestleMania and you're going to make that happen. I, I, I was like, Sit the fuck down, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? So like, yeah, it's, it, that's what it is. It's like people confuse that power he has now with like, well, he had that 20 years ago. No, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. yeah. You know? So. I don't think Vince would ever let that happen. No, I, I don't. I, well, that's the thing, again, like, you know, we, we everybody, like, the thing you have to understand is, like, at the end of the day, there's only one person that has to say yes or no that means anything, and that's Vince McMahon. Yeah. So, like, anything that goes on in WWF or WWE it goes through him. No, no matter what people say, like you could tell me like you know, X, Y, and Z are in control of, of something. And at the end of the day, they all have to go to Vince for permission to do something. You know, I want to push this character. This is a storyline idea I have for this, this, this wrestler. I want to do this, this, and this with them. Can I get permission for that from Vince? Right. You know, that's the bottom. He's the bottom line guy. So like, Like when, like you know, now you're hearing about like all this shit that's going on down there, with um, you know, like they had like 24 people test positive for COVID. Okay. You know, and like in this entire time they haven't been testing anybody. Okay. It's been temperature checks. Okay. So like, WWE right now is eating a ton of shit for <laughs> how they've handled this pandemic. Right. Because like. They had no intentions on testing anybody until all of a sudden they had to. Yeah. And that's and it's like, well, the people who are standing in the audience, we don't want them wearing masks. No masks on TV. You know, shit like that. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, who, who, who does that come down from? Well, it doesn't come from, like, Bruce Pritchard or it doesn't come from, like, any, any of his lackeys. It, it comes from Vince at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. You know? These edicts, these are decisions that Vince is making. So, like, that's that's where that's at. I mean, so, like, a guy like The Undertaker, like, yeah, he owes his career to Vince because he found the – Vince found a way or, he, like, they found a way together to, to have that character go for 30 years. Yeah. Which is I mean, unheard of. a long time. It is. Yeah. And you got to put him up with there with the greats. As far as longevity, you know yeah. what I mean. I mean, I would even put like I mean, he, he's not, he's never going to crack my my top five, but like I, I'll wholeheartedly admit like he's one of the all time greats. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I I I enjoyed his matches. I, I enjoyed a lot of what he did throughout his career. Yeah, um, he he was you know and getting to learn more about Mark Hen Mark Calloway the person that I've I've learned like I can fully appreciate who he is and what he's done you know yeah um 
and he has my utmost respect as as far as like you know a career that's lasted that long with that character right you know um you know is, is he flair is he steamboat you know is he the guys i've always talked about no but you know is he going to my top top 15 for quite possibly yeah you know yeah. so all right all right let's uh dip our toe in the old mailbag okay mailbag and as always we have an email from a good friend super fan thad uh, that writes in, uh, hello, my two favorite hosts who like to take dentures out of old people's mouths. Yuck. Yuck. Um, no, I'm not going down that. No. Um, yeah, I'm not going down that, that primrose path right there. Um, I don't care what they're using for lube in prison. Um, that's a, this is completely unreadable. Okay. Well played, Thad. Well played. <laughs> so that's the mailbag. Nice. Yeah. That's completely unreadable. All right. Well, X that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you like to add to the proceedings there, sir? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Um, you can send us an email like Thad did. We urge you, please, send in an email. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a buckle. That email that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find. And uh, we are a member of a couple of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network and the Weeby Geeks Network. Uh, just give them a Google search. And you'll find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And lastly, as always, we want to thank you, the listener, for uh, checking us out each and every week. I uh, can't thank you enough for uh, for the time you take to enjoy our hijinks and shenanigans. And I know I, I, I you have to forgive me. I know there were a few podcasts that were taking the three episode challenge. So I hope they're enjoying uh, the show and uh, giving us a listen right now. Uh, I can't remember who they were off the top of my head, and I feel bad about that. But we'll mention them next week. Yeah, I'll try to. Give us a write and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then, sir. Uh, on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>